And Hayden, who's our other friend that's up there, he has a, a smaller version of this unit that's designed for RVs, and he didn't buy their solar panels either. He bought a brand called Renology. I was talking to a friend of mine today, actually, that said the best place to buy solar panels for that type of use right now is actually from AliExpress. Apparently, they're hundreds of dollars cheaper through them. Really? <laughs> that seems yeah. like a bit of a shady investment. Oh, I see what you did there. Welcome to Muttering Pines, the show where us city folk try to cowpoke. We drink beer, talk about ATVs, life outside the city, homesteading, entrepreneurship, and ultimately trying to do stuff with our hands. All right. Hi, guys. Hi. Oh, hi. How are you? So this is the latest technical start we've ever had. Yeah. We're solid 20 minutes behind. It's good. Yeah. Perfect. I'm glad nobody actually is watching this. nothing to talk about tonight. Nothing. And, think we, don't uh, have a, we don't have a guest tonight. Yeah, it's that would because, be super embarrassing. Now, here's my question. Do we not have a guest tonight because we don't have people watching the show, or do we not have a guest tonight because people have now watched the show and know that they should not come on? Oh, it? it's the yes. paradox. Both. It's both. <laughs> Call it Schrodinger's <laughs> guest. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Clever. So clever. So our listeners are just going to have to deal with the three of us tonight, then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, uh, Scott? What are you drinking tonight? Well, tonight I've got uh, my my favorite. Actually, I've got Okami Kasu from Old Beautiful. Old Beautiful again. Nice. Yeah. Nice rice lager. Matt. Oh, I'm uh, I'm deep into the Seven Up. Nice. Why not ginger? Isn't that awesome? Uh, I don't have any in the house. No, fair enough. So, close as I get. I have. You uh, Scott, that looks pretty delicious. It does look good. I have uh, PC Pilsner, and then uh, I probably will switch to ginger ale. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Is this what happens when you get old? You start giving up alcohol because of other reasons in life? Yeah, because no, the plague almost took you. Yeah, that's why. Because I was, I got the flu. I got a stomach bug, the flu, and a sinus infection, and it put me out for two full weeks. It was fucked. It was like I've never been so sick in my life. It was like death came for me, and then halfway through, just got like distracted, and was like, <laughs> oh. Got like a text or something like, don't forget to pick up milk. And he's like, okay. And he's like, oh, you know what though? If I don't do it, I'm, I'm, I'm going to forget. Okay, I'll come back. And then just like forgot about me and just left me. Yeah. And, and still has for, forgotten about you, clearly. It makes me wonder like, do you think that's just what like those major diseases and, and stuff are? Is like death comes for the person and then like gets distracted on TikTok? And they're left like <laughs> with their palsy, just like twitching. Like, why do I have palsy? And does like, ah, ah, TikTok. Oh shit! TikTok. Yeah, I'll come I, back. I'll, with you in 40 I'll years. come back for you. Yeah. N- what do you not think now, death though, watches on this... TikTok? Like, if you flip through Death's feed in TikTok, like, what's Death getting served? Dad jokes. Oh yeah, it's probably dad jokes. You're right. Yeah, they're yeah, the only ones probably... that survive. Dad jokes and like fitness fails. Any fail video, I think Death is probably just like, just killing himself about it. Just He's just <laughs> gotta get over there right away. Actually, maybe that explains why I've seen fail videos where I'm like, how did that person not die? And it's because Death is watching the video, not the event. Yeah, and he's like, oh, I, I missed it. 
What kind of, kind of, of, so of trouble? <laughs> what oh, kind of failed videos did you get onto? The uh, what kind of thread did you start down, Scott? Like the the near death mortality ones. We're like, oh, he almost got hit by a car. Oh, and then he got hit by a train, but he <laughs> bounced. <laughs> Man, yeah. some of those fail videos are like that person should be dead. Yeah, yeah. And guarantee, well, I think you're right, Scott. I think that's what happens. I think Death's watching. It's like, <laughs> oh shit. <That> was, <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, maybe I'll get the next one. <laughs> uh, well, Insert racist so joke. I heard tonight's topic is going to be choosing power for your homestead. And because of that, I brought one of our most favorite topics of conversation when we're not recording, which, of course, is our power bills. And so oh, tonight, yeah, oh. I, I got my it just arrived today. I was very excited to find out how much subsidy I'm paying into the Northcott farm I must have and guess today. what the answer is nothing i finally got it i finally, finally got, got a no bill five dollar credit for power at the farm all i had to do was <laughs> turn off the power box for four months and get rid of all the cattle so with the <laughs> with the cost of power is it worth having cows in your land? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's worth having cows in the land. Financially? Um, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, they they pay way more than it cost me in electricity. Even even when my bill was like the stupid bills that I was getting that were like $80 a month or whatever, which I realize if you live in the city, you're like, there are $80 power bills, but that's, that's like a shitload. Because, Darren, how much are your power bills? 40 bucks. Yeah, and and what were they more recently than that? Zero or yeah, negative? Yeah, that's twelve. Right. Yeah, and I haven't 12. paid for power up there in six months. Right, and you use it right, like all the time. It's on every other weekend. We're up there, like yeah, like yeah, every other weekend we're up there running heaters and whatever. Like you're, you're truly not a so huge consumer of power. What is the power running? What's that? I don't know, like an alarm clock. Hmm. Nothing. So you don't it's have not, yeah, it's tape, not running anything. You don't have anything, anything like that that's running while you're not there. Like your fridge. Uh, yeah, heat, yeah, heat tape, but heat tape has like what a point zero 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 one kilowatt hour draw. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. All depends on how long it is and how yeah, cold it is. It, yeah. So it was fucking freezing. So. Your fridge, you have a fridge, right? We had, we shut it down when we leave. Oh, you do? When you leave, yeah. you shut your fridge off. I see. Yeah. Like even the one in the shed? Yeah. Yeah, because oh. if it gets too cold, like below zero, I think it can really mess the fridge up if it's still trying to run. Oh, uh, I see. Hmm. Right? Because it's not heated when we're not there. Right. So when you're when the inside of the cabin gets to like minus 20 and the fridge is still running, I think it really buggers the compressor. Uh, I, see. I think. Gotcha. I don't know. Hmm. So we just turn it off. So I can't believe how much power cows take to draw water up. Like I, I didn't realize there was that much pull on those pumps that consistently yeah. that that would be that much of a problem. Yeah. Like a one horsepower pump um, or even like a three quarter horsepower pump for that matter pulls an easy thousand watts when it gets going. Um, easy and you know, like the cows don't really drink that much truthfully, um, until, until about, you know, 
the end of July into August. Then, then everything up there dries up. And then you start to see like how much a pump really draws because the cows drain that trough once a day. Once they do that and the pump runs to fill the trough back up, it, you know, my power bill, I think I've mentioned this before. My power bill is just a proxy for how thirsty cows are up there. And that's, yeah. um, yeah. So yeah, they use a lot of, lot of energy, but I let, but still like, even at the old rate I was getting before I wised up and phoned them and said, I needed to get off the like raping me plan or whatever it was called. Um, when, before that, the, the price for the electricity, was, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Here, drink this. Um, the, uh, um, I think the price I was pay paying per kilowatt was, was still like, you know, less than 10 cents. And the amount of draw that it was doing you know, on any given month was, was costing me like four to $7. The rest of it was transfer and administration fees. Like the, oh, the okay. cost of electricity itself is nothing. It's the administrative cost. Yeah. So if you wanted to homestead, which I think a lot of people do, and this is like the start of our homesteading conversation. Mm -hmm. um, power. At some point, you're going to need power. Like, I think you just generally need power if you're going to homestead anywhere. I would, like, I even would say it's not even at some point. I would say you need power, period. Yeah. There's the odd person that might might be able to live without it, but... You know, you're not, there's no internet devices. There's no connectivity. There's no, there's no nothing. You're, those are off grid off yeah. out in the middle like, of somewhere, Alaska. And no water. Yeah, you're running oil lanterns and. Yeah. Life is hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. Exactly. Like, you, you know, f for us, the, the main reason that we want power at our cabin is to, to run the water pump so we can flush a toilet, fill a sink, wash the dishes, fill a pot and boil macaroni do all that sort of stuff. And like at, at our cabin, um, we don't use electricity for heat and we don't use electricity for cooking because our, our stove is propane, our furnace is propane and our water heater Your is furnace propane. Your not electricity to turn on. But that's the thing. The, so electricity enables all of those things to just start. Like my stove yeah. starts because it's electric. My uh, furnace has an electric fan. My water pump is of course driven by water. And uh, the pump internally in the water heater because we have it's thanks, perpetual. But, um, <laughs> and and so without electricity, like basically none of the creature comforts I have work up there. Yeah. Well, none of the necessities even like. Mm -hmm. Well, it's water. a little different than your place. Like my place is designed around having power. Yours is not designed around having power. You can heat it. You have an outhouse. Yeah. Yeah, we don't have plumbing. So right. we, uh, yeah, we have an outhouse and we have a wood stove. Mm -hmm. So I guess so my, we could. So, so the, I guess the d discussion for tonight is how do you get power to your homestead, right? How do you get, how do you get power out to something remote like that? And I guess that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Yeah. And I think there's three main options, really. Like, sure, you could maybe do like that guy down in Crow's Nest and put a fucking windmill on it. Oh yeah. But, um, yeah. Those things generate a huge amount of power and especially in the, the place that he's in, but those things are like enormous, not sustainable. No, so no. I, and, I think and if three they fail, who can fix them? Yeah. I think your three options are 
get power, like on grid power pole. Yeah, which is easy. It's easy. You can it's easy, phone. There but are two companies you can phone, and they'll just come out and do it. But it's expensive. Yeah, it is if very. You're, if you're not right expensive. on the property line and you got to run power, I think the going rate is about twelve grand a pole. Yeah, that's right. So depending on how many poles you got to get in, um, so you can do that. You can do solar, mm-hmm. and you can do generator. Right, and you can't do solar by itself. Solar has to have a battery array, or it's not viable either. Right. Yeah. So should we talk about grid power first? Because I think, I think grid power, if you've driven around in the country and you're like, why do people always put their house so close to the effing highway? Well, the answer is $12,000 a pole is why they That's put it exactly so close it. to the highway. Yep. Yeah. And ours, ours came with it when we bought the place. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they put that money in. Like there's eight poles, I think, going into ours because we're our, basically in the back corner of our quarter section. Yeah. Like not near the road at all. Like we're in the opposite, almost the opposite corner of the, uh, property, property mm-hmm. line where the power comes in. So we're lucky that way, but we also have power poles that run along the forest and that are like, so now you got to maintain power poles or maintain your trees or your deadfall. So they're not right. taking out power lines. Yeah. Yeah. And like they take out the fence like once a week, a tree takes out a part of a fence out there. Yeah. We, uh, so it's we really only few, a matter of time. We had a few fall that were, I saw them on the ground and I was like, whoo, <laughs> that was a close call. <laughs> <clears throat> so what is the maintenance on those? Who pays to fix it? I have no idea. I'm sure I'll find out sooner than later. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Hopefully yeah. it's not you. I don't think so. Like, I think if a power, if a tree comes down on a power line, I think it's like whoever Fortis or whatever will come out. Um, but that said, I don't know. There's probably a bill attached to it. So grid power is easy, but if it's in the wrong spot, it it's expensive. Yeah, it's easy. It depends on how rich you are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it is convenient once it's hooked up. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is because you can have as much power as you need, right? Like there's Pretty much, you're never yeah. going to have to worry about two things drawing more wattage than your power source can handle at the same time, which is is the reality of using solar in this situation. Right, and you so you have grid power at your lot line. That's right. For the cattle trough. Mhm. But you're not running it to your cabin. That's correct. I don't run it to my cabin. So our cabin right now is powered solar. by a gas generator. Right. That the power source it has right now is a, a 9,300 watt Canadian tire special gas generator. It works great, but it's the loudest thing in the world because you can hear it at your place at night. Correct. Yeah. And it's not efficient. No, no it, you know, it is surprisingly efficient. I will, you know, for, for how cheap it was, because it was $1,200, for how cheap it was, we we rarely have to fill it up. We don't keep it running all the time, which is has its own set of problems. Like right. We have an, a holding tank, and so we can flush the toilet at least twice before it, it drains that holding tank. Although our toilet out there is, and I'm not joking, is a 15-liter flush. Yeah. 
Yeah. Wow. It, I don't know where they got that toilet from, but they haven't made toilets like that since like the early nineties. And this house was built in 2009. It's for so heavy he went, loads, that one. Yeah. He went hunting yeah. for a heavy load toilet. Yeah. <laughs> Dropping loads. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's a guy who never wanted anyway, to deal with a clogged toilet. Um, yeah. So we bought uh, to replace that so we can, you know, enjoy the quiet of nature and flush a toilet at the same time and have lights occasionally. Um, we bought uh, a, what's called a solar generator. So it's basically a, a big battery with a computer attached to it and then a secondary battery underneath to store some additional power. The total, um, the total power availability of it is about 8,000 watts and it's capable of surging about 10,000 watts out if you, you like have the right equipment for it. The cool thing about it though, is that it uses regular generator plugs. Like it uses a NEMA locking plug, the same that's on any house backup generator. So it's, it's actually meant for home backup. That's its whole purpose. Right. It's, it's for people in Texas that can't, that don't have reliable grid power basically. Um, and so uh, the advantage of that for us is that we can have it running all the time. So we can finally have refrigeration over the, the summer this year. We won't have to haul food up with us every time. Uh, we can have lights at night without waking up your kids uh, you know, we can, um, you know, I don't know why we would turn the furnace on cause it's hot as Africa out there all the time, but, um, we could do that if we need to. So, so we'll have power available to us, but charging it then becomes the problem. And this particular set has two inputs for, uh, solar panels, which use a type of connector called an MC4. And the MC4 connector is like everything right up to industrial solar panels use that type of connector. And it can take a three, uh, I think 3000 Watts in maybe it's 1800 Watts, one of the two. Anyway, it can, uh, it can take a charge of, um, uh, a, a couple of thousand Watts anyway, um, okay. while it's operating. And so that balances it out. So you can get continuous power throughout the day. And then when the sun goes down, then, uh, the battery will just slowly drain overnight to, you know, run whatever that you're running, which in the summertime for us is basically nothing. Yeah, just a little bit of the fridge or, or toilet flushing. Right. And now the fridge was the thing I was actually worried about, but I had, I didn't realize this. Fridges are way more energy efficient than I thought. Like it draws only 160 watts. Like it'll, it'll stay up and running with just a, the solar panels. Like it doesn't even need the battery during the day, which is, which was really good. Cause uh, like, it sounds ridiculous, but refrigeration is actually our biggest inconvenience up there. It means hauling food up every time we go, like condiments and all that kind of stuff, which, which isn't, you know, it isn't a lot of fun for us. But if this, uh, go ahead. I was going to say, if, if the fridge and stuff is running off the solar panels during the day, that means they're not charging the battery. Yeah, they charge the battery because it, it's only drawing 160 watts or, you know, maybe a couple of hundred watts if it, you know, if it's right, efficient. Okay. And at that rate, um, with just one 350 watt solar panel, the battery will never discharge during the day. And overnight it would take, well, it would take days of darkness before it ran out. And how many solar panels are you going to get? I don't know yet. Um, that's a great question. So I, I haven't purchased them yet. Um, I didn't purchase them from the company I bought the generator kit from, which is called Blue Eddy. 
um, because I'm, I, I think they're expensive, frankly. And, and Hayden, who's our other friend that's up there, he has a, a smaller version of this unit that's designed for RVs, and he didn't buy their solar panels either. He bought a brand called Renology. I was talking to a friend of mine today, actually, that said the best place to buy solar panels for that type of use right now is actually from AliExpress. Apparently, they're hundreds of dollars cheaper through them. Really? Hmm. That yeah. seems like a bit of a shady investment. Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. So I'm going to uh, I'm gonna try to put yeah. 1,200 watts of solar on it this year, which would involve either three 400 panels or six 200 panels. And the panels are like, you know, about that big. They're, they're not like the, the ones out in the field that are like thousands of watts yeah. per thing. Yeah. So th hopefully that works. So like the big risk we have right now, though, is like we're running still a slightly smaller wattage footprint than that old Briggs and Stratton that the previous owner had. So his, his, what he said to me about the 7,200 watt kicking off worries me a little bit and it's because of our water pump. And so we, we had a text exchange about this earlier, Darren, and I've been talking the whole time. I think maybe you should talk a little bit about water pumps and like what a, you don't think about pumps ever until you're out in the country. Like, cause here they're just, you know, they're just in your house and they just kind of work. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, that kind of falls under the whole category of, like, what we were talking about earlier is, like, well, you can go totally off, like, off-grid, off-grid, not even solar, right? But, like, what do you need electricity for? And I think there's uh, a bunch of different things, honestly. Like, I don't know, if you have tools, mm -hmm. even if they're batteries, you got to charge your battery. If you got to ride on mower, you're going to have to charge your mower battery at some point, Right. Yeah, you've your got. <laughs> yeah, you've got your phone. Like, even if you're doing like, not technology while you're out there, there's still stuff that I think. You know, power is either like ex makes it extremely better or is required, and water is one of them. Yeah. So unless you live somewhere where you can collect fresh spring water every day. In a bucket. Uh, you, yeah, you have to have a well. Um, and a well, you get a pump. And you put the pump down there, and the pump needs power. And uh, like you said, depending on the, the depth of the well, you're probably running a three-quarter, maybe even a one-horsepower pump, submersible mm -hmm. pump. Uh, if you want to use it in the winter, then you need to have heat tape running down there. So that your pump line doesn't freeze. Mm -hmm. And like you said, yeah, like the the average pump after it gets going probably runs like a one horsepower, I think, runs about 700 watts or something, 700, 800 yeah. watts. But Matt but taught me a, a be, valuable listen, lesson about that, right? And that's that it's running wattage is not what you really need to worry about. It's its starting start, wattage. Which could, you, Matt, could you, be you upwards of formula. 1,400 for a one horsepower. Right, because it's a two two and change amp. Uh, device, right? And Matt, it's yeah. wattage times amperage is your initial draw to get started, right? Is that how it works? Uh, no, not for your, like for your surge, your surge in, in your inrush current is based on the yes. motor itself. That is, that isn't based on power wattage. That's like, as far as I know, it's, it's, it's like a, a multiplier of the wattage rating of the pump. 
So like an AC motor will have like something like a four times inrush current. So when I blew my power supply, that's when I learned that. And it was the inrush current is so much higher than the running current. So your electronics need to be able to handle that in normal power supply. That's not a big deal with your, your DC, your, your solar panel thingamajigger, whatever the, what was the name of it? The it's blue Etty. Blue Etty. Can't, can't you remember it? Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, the Blue Etty. It's, a it's the, blue uh, the electronics on it. I'm sure are are made for that function, but there's mm-hmm. like a they have a huge ability to overrun their current, and it's uh, yeah without blowing them up. So that's that's what you need to be careful with putting those big motors on DC inverter type things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not too worried about that just because of what the, the battery array was designed for. But in my case, um, it won't have enough juice to be able to run the pump at the same time. Some of the other devices are starting up. Um, so like, for example, if the water pump came on at exactly the same time that say, I don't know, the fridge got plugged back in and the water heater pump came on that would probably be more than this solar generator can handle right now with the with the battery array that i have for it which is one battery if i buy one more battery that that problem is solved but okay, I'm see if I, like that yeah like yeah that, so you so can your, put your surge would no longer be like ten thousand and be 12. no it, it actually maxes out at 10. So it, yeah. 10 is a, its limit to Matt's point earlier, um, but it, it's capable of storing and managing 18,000 Watts is the, is the maximum, but you have to have a second unit and like four more batteries or something like that. It's way more than, than I would ever use or, or need. So, so we're going to see, we should be able to do most of what we want to do this year with, with what we've purchased as it is right now. So we'll be able to, you know, run water and have lights and, and refrigeration and all that sort of stuff. And we might have to occasionally like go flip some breakers in a specific order in the meantime. Um, but yeah. So then if you're homesteading, if you're doing like proper homesteading, I don't know what proper homesteading is, but homesteading, you're out there, you're on land, you got, uh, you got a, a, a structure that you live in, probably running a wood stove. Do you think like with the stuff that a, the, a standard person who's like full-time, like not weekend homesteading, like we do, but like full-time homesteading. So you're going to need like probably irrigation for a, a garden. You're going to need your tools. You're going to need your refrigerator and charging probably like a mower and quad batteries in the winter, whatever. Do you think no. that they could run off solar? Oh, well, okay. I mean, solar alone. Like I got my fridge running, I got my water pump. Yeah. Yeah, I mean with and the then right I go out with... and I want to fire up my chop saw and uh sure. Oh yeah. I you you could absolutely do that, but you would need an astonishing amount of battery storage to make that work. That's the right. the real truth of it. And like you wouldn't so, have I mean, an electric log splitter because that would just Beat the be fuck dumb. out of your battery. Right. Like once you start once you start talking about power use like that, which grid power can just straight deliver to you, no yep. questions asked, you wouldn't even feel it. Like you don't you have no idea that that anything is happening. 
um, then then you're starting to get the edge to the edge of what like a solar system is is capable of, and it mostly comes down to batteries. It doesn't really have anything to do with with solar at all. It's it's entirely about how much energy you can keep stored and how much energy you can dissipate out of that battery. And at that point, you're talking about a big, big cost difference. So for me to get 8,000 watts, 8,000 watts of, of available energy costs $6,000. Now, to run Plus power panels. poles, what's that? Plus panels. Yeah, so another $2,000 for panels if I'm being really liberal about it, but it's probably going to be more like one. So you're at $7,000 in, in equipment. That's still half the cost of a single power pole, right? Yep. So until you're talking about like a $60,000 solar system, solar's even in its current state today, which is like meant for idiots like me who are like do-it-yourself-y, kind of have fun with it as much as it is useful. It's pretty cost-effective. Now, if you are talking about what you're talking about, which is like Clarkson farm style homesteading, then it's not viable yet. Right. It's, you know, it, cost wise, it's not viable yet. Although the 18,000 watt system that that same company sells. So two AC 500s, the like six different batteries that you have to buy for it and all that stuff, I think in the end comes out to about 25 or $30,000. So it's still half the cost of power poles for, for my place. But for most people, that would be way more than solar would cost or way more than grid would cost to get right, right in. Well, depending, like if you've got an off-grid cabin, then I guess like you're running power mm -hmm. might not even be an option. When we you're, first started looking into this though, we went to, to companies <laughs> that do solar installations. So we figured that was the only way to do it. We like we thought, you know, get an electrician, buy solar panels, have them install them on the roof, like do all that stuff would be the thing that we'd have to do. And I found out two things. I, the first thing I found out was uh, the kind of solar system, like batteries plus panels mounted on the roof, set up in your house to like give you effectively grid capability was about twenty or thirty thousand dollars for the install, like some right. somewhere in that range. And then you're off grid, like everything's golden. You've got lots of battery juice. Everything's fine. Um, but nobody would come out and do it. And, and the reason nobody would come in and do it is because they couldn't do grid feedback, solar installs, which they get, uh, an additional, I think maybe there's a subsidy for it or something, or maybe those are just big jobs that they like to, to do. They, they were not interested in doing any off-grid installations at all. There's no money in it for them. And I thought right. that was really interesting. That was what pushed me down the line of starting to look at these do-it-yourself solutions, like like what Blue Eddy sells. Huh. With the Blue Eddy package, could you not purchase two or more of the individual packages and yeah. segregate your house, your panel into, say, multiple zones of like, this one zone will do my water pump alone, yes. and then the other one will do the remainder of the house? Yeah, absolutely, Matt. And and you know what? You see that actually on farms a lot today. Like when you're driving past and you see a water pump out in the middle of the field that's just got that one like 250 or 350 watt solar panel on it. That's what it's doing, right? They're like just doing like isolated. Um, they're isolating those things. So yeah, you could absolutely do that. Um, it would mean rewiring the house to some extent, which would be okay. I mean, it's not a big deal. The cool thing about these units, though, is because they don't use gas, you can put them in your basement and run them. Like, 
As long yeah. as they have a wire that goes out to the solar panel, it doesn't matter where they are. They don't generate much heat. They, you know, they don't have exhaust. They're not noisy. Like you can put them in the kitchen if you want. They're, they're so quiet and like unintrusive that even the huge unit that we bought has two wireless chargers built onto the top of it. So you can just plop your phone on it to charge shit. Like, oh, really? They're, really? Yeah. They're really like, like consumer products masquerade. Well, they're industrial products masquerading as consumer products is what I mean to say. Yeah. So have you taken possession of this thing yet? Yeah. It's in my living room. All 800, 800 pounds of it is what? in my living room right now. Yeah. The two units are about 400 pounds a piece. It's fucking awful to move them. Uh, I think the other thing that we haven't talked about yet for power would be winter, right? So for yeah. our place, not a big deal because we don't have plumbing. So if it gets right. minus fucking whatever, gets minus whatever, not a big deal. But your place, like or any place that has plumbing where you're yeah. running water in, you either have to drain your lines every time Which I you did. use them. With a compressor. Yeah. Uh, or not use it in the winter. Or... Which I do. You have to keep your um, house at about like five Ten, to seven five, degrees. 10 degrees. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. That's right. So throw in some baseboard heaters, which are not great at nope. efficiency. And I don't think your solar unit would keep them going over the winter. No, no. And so this is where, this is where power reliability, it, like this is where solar's limitation comes in, but it's specifically in our climate. It's, it's the worst yeah. where we live um, because heating is heating through electricity is hard. Like Matt said, it's expensive. It draws yeah. a shitload of wattage. And if you're on grid power, that's no problem. But if you're managing your own power source, like you would be with, uh, with a solar system, then it, 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 it just reliability is actually the issue more than anything else. So if you are counting on that power to stop your lines from freezing and it doesn't, it, you have to redo your, all your plumbing, all your lines are going to split. And yep. you're going to be into a huge headache. You're going to like water all over everything. It'll be a, a disaster. So reliable power makes that possible. And I, I, even with the system that we're buying right now, I don't think we'll be able to use it in the winter up there. No. And so one of the, one of the things that we're doing for plumbing, which is not plumbing uh, this year is we're going to put a, cause we don't even have a sink or anything in there. Right. We're putting a sink in. High-tech. Uh, high I know. <laughs> but what I'm doing... Like, I have an app-controlled battery that powers my house, and Darren's like, I would like a sink. Put a sink in. <laughs> what I'm going to do is I'm going to sink, put a sink in. You're going to sink some money in? I'm going to sink some money into a sink. <laughs> um, Let that sink in. Standard, like little P-trap, and then I'm going to straight pipe it out outside. Just into a rain barrel or something. And then under the sink, like in the vanity, I'm going to have an electric water pump and a Culligan bottle. And that water pump will go to the faucet. Mm -hmm. So we will go outside, fill our vestibule full of water, stick it under the sink, and then have a basically an electric tap. Right. And that'll be our sink. And then when we want to winterize, we just un unscrew the bottom of that um, P-trap, mm -hmm. 
and we're done. Like that's it. That's all we have to do. So, uh, how, do, what's the faucet that goes on it? Is it, it can just be a regular faucet. Um, okay. Think about the, like a, an RV faucet. It's going to have pretty low flow, low pressure, mm-hmm. but yeah. it's still going to flow and it's still going to fill a sink and you can still rinse dishes and, uh, you, do know, you, th- you could drink water out of it. Do you think that you could get um, one of those at the source hot water? Because you have grid power. So could you get one of those at the source water heaters? Yep. You know, the ones that, yeah. yeah. I'm, g- I'm actually going to get one of those this year that runs on propane. Oh, really? How does that work? Uh, that's what he said. So it doesn't need power, right? You plug it into propane, you fire it up, you plug your hose in. And then you've got hot water. Hmm. They use them for camping. They're like a Coleman yeah. brand usually for like outdoor oh, really? showers and stuff. And that's exactly what we're going to use it for. I'm going to revamp the old outdoor shower. I'm going to have that on there. So you just run the garden hose down there, fire it up, have a shower. Warm shower outside. Yeah. Yeah. If there's a slight yeah. breeze, you'll be freezing cold. Yeah, because I don't even think propane <laughs> could heat the fucking temperature of that water up. It comes in no. like two degrees. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The the water from down there is fucking icy. Yeah, but um, yeah. If I wanted to put a little on demand hot water pump under the sink, I could and have hot water in there. But mm-hmm. it's right now. It's just as easy to fire. Like we have an electric kettle because we're on the grid. Yeah. <laughs> Two yeah. minutes later, you they, got a kettle full of hot water, dump it in the sink and you're done. There's some, you know, there, there's some stuff that I was like, well, now I'm going to have like electricity out there that I don't have to like run out and like turn on every time I want to do something. And maybe I can get some creature comforts. And so I looked at a couple of things. One of them was a kettle. Those things have a way higher wattage draw than you would suspect. Oh, um, yeah. They're trying to heat water fast, right? But uh, what blew my head off was those little Nespresso machines, like the little like countertop ones that they sell that take the little tiny pods. Yeah. They draw 1,100 watts to heat water. Jeez. And Matt's, you know, formula on it, I'm sure it pulls close to two when it first clicks on. Like, I, I was dumbfounded by how much power those things use. You know another thing that's going to be a huge draw? that we use all the time out there. That's a nice convenience. Slow cooker. Oh, that's a nice one. Yeah. When you're out doing stuff, like you're out quad chopping wood, being a man. So just drinking beer and being a shitty parent. Uh, yeah. You usually forget about cooking dinner. So if you just throw on the slow <laughs> cooker. Yeah. Bam, bam, bam. Yeah. Electricity doesn't get an, we take electricity for granted. You don't really realize it until you, you have to think about using it. Like it's it, it, every year we should have to thank it. We should have to go to NMAX and just like go around and like shake people's hands and thank them. (laughs) Like just in the, my basement where I am, I'm running this computer monitors, charging a phone, uh, at, one point a little while ago, I had a heater going under my desk. My furnace is circulating. My hot water tank is running. And I have like seven or eight lights just in the basement. That's right. probably yeah. more draw than that your whole place would take on a daily basis. Totally. That's you just, drain that's my just battery for me to be this. in the room. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that would drain my battery right now. Gone. 
Yeah. Well, that's just it. And like that heater's a big one too. Like in the winter, sure, we have a wood stove, but we don't run the wood stove all the time. Like we fire it up in the morning, get it hot, and then we have a like a ceramic heater, like an electric mm-hmm. heater. And we keep that on and that keeps it around I don't know, 19, 18, 16 degrees or whatever. And uh, good enough for during the day. And then come in for dinner and fire up the uh, fire up the wood stove again, and then it's warm for nighttime. And it usually let mm-hmm. heater will maintain it throughout the night until morning again. And that's what we do for winter. So after spending time at your place, opening that house up in the winter, I cannot believe how long it takes a wood stove to heat a house from minus 20 to plus 20. Like it's for as hot, as much heat is coming out of that thing. It is phenomenal how long it takes. It was like wow. about four hours or something before it got to temperature. Uh, no, it was, it's about two, two and a half, depending but on how we're, cold. And then it was colder in your house because it was insulated than it was outside. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, when we got there, we like fired up the stove and then we went back outside to warm up and it was like minus 15 outside. Yeah. Oh, it was gross inside. Just shivering and quaking, waiting for this firebox of hell, which was, it was burning beautifully, but you could still put your hand on the cast iron because it was still, like everything was just so cold. Wow. Yeah, it wasn't. When things get to like minus 20 for a week or two weeks, like that cold is now insulated within the objects, right? Yeah. Right? It's like radiant heat, right? Radiant heaters work by heating up the objects, not by heating up the air, right? Mm-hmm. It, it just took that much heat to warm everything else back up. Exactly. What yeah, you need to do is stick about, you, you need to stick about 40, 50 bee colonies inside your house and let them keep it warm over the winter. <laughs> I have about 40, 50 fly colonies. In the walls, I'm sure. <laughs> Not, yeah, wasps, yeah. sentient oh, wasps. Do you think we're gonna have a bad year this year, or not? Because no. it's never gonna be summer. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, I'm actually quite worried because if my bees don't get outside soon, they're gonna die, and if they go outside now, they're gonna die. So, oh god, I don't know. Shortages bees. Yeah, are are they alive or are they dead? But just don't check on them. <laughs> oh, but like the God. the two week forecast doesn't show anything better than what four degrees. Like it's yeah. seven seven Saturday, I think. But yeah, nothing great. You know what I I was thinking though, Matt, when I saw the forecast, I was thinking none of the high temperatures are below zero, and that makes me happy. Okay, yeah, I will agree with that. There, it is coming. Uh, did you know that it doesn't get above freezing at night until middle end of April? Yes, I, I did the, because last year we went on our trip on April 9th because we're morons and why we almost froze to death. Yes. Yeah. I considered cuddling with Jade, you guys. <laughs> Dire you would have been you would have been pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. So, for homesteading power Generator is not ideal, but like if you have an off-grid cabin and you don't need much, that's probably good. Oh well, solar's good. We didn't really talk about generators. We should talk about generators for just one sec, though, because I bought the cheapest of generators, and that's why. And I and I put it in an amphitheater-shaped box and pointed it at your house, and that's part of the reason it's so goddamn loud. 
but a Honda generator is not a normal generator. I if guess you yeah, have, you, a you know, like, cause that's the other way we could have spent 6,000 bucks to power our house. We could have went and bought like a good top of the line Honda backup generator, like a home backup generator that auto starts that like winds itself down when it's not using any power. So it's ultra fuel efficient, winds itself up when it needs it. Like we could have done that and that would have been a really good option. And it would have been an option that um, like kept us uh, with continuous power while we were at the cabin for very little money because like gas is pricier than it has been, but it's still fucking cheap, all things considered. Um, but ultimately, you know, we can stack batteries on this to solve the problem. So we decided to go with that. But a Honda generator is a very, very good um, piece of equipment and, and one that we considered. So with your battery you currently have and the say one or two solar panels, you could run the majority of your house for the majority of the time. And if mm -hmm. you needed to fire up chop saws or do something stupid, or you ran out of power and your Ford, you know, was found dead on the side of the road and couldn't charge your house, you could still have that as your backup power. Even your, yeah. your super loud one, you could charge your batteries. You could run your saws. You could do all the stupid yeah. stuff you don't normally do on a daily basis. Yeah. Yeah. The, the great irony of our solar generator is that it has an input for gas generators. So if you have a gas generator, it has like a 30 amp connector that you can plug into that to charge it back up again. So, yeah. So solar power, pretty viable. Probably viable if all you do for... is, is go out to your cabin and read like we yeah. do, you know, otherwise get grid power. Otherwise just get grid power. Quit fucking around and get grid power. Yeah, Scott. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. Yeah. We'll be back with more guests and hopefully, mm -hmm. and uh, we'll keep talking about homesteading. That's right. All right. But until okay. then, Matt. Keep on chooching. Keep on chooching. Okay. Talk to you later. Night, boys. Bye. Night. Hey, nobody. Don't forget to check out mutteringpines.com for our line of apparel and follow us on social and anywhere you listen to or watch your favorite podcasts. And remember, keep on choochin'.